Whoa. <laughs> what? I, I, did I die? No, you're alive and well. I'm in heaven, though. How did this happen? You're talking about the light? I'm talking about being with you two guys. Oh, <laughs> wow. I hope heaven's a little better than that. Welcome to the Pretty Neat it's Podcast. Like <laughs> almost heaven, West Virginia, or... <laughs> The Pretty Neat Podcast. <laughs> hey, you know why I love hey. MMA so much? It's pretty neat. That is 100% true, but it's also because it brings us together. It did. You know what? <laughs> violence really does bring people together. Yes, let's get back to violence. What are you drinking? That looks like a white Russian. No, it's not. So... Uh, you see my little my little uh, fancy lemon rind there. Yes. yes. This gentleman, thank you for asking, Aaron. Uh, and I definitely did hold it up to the camera so you would <laughs> ask. Um, this is a whiskey sour. Two things. Uh, coworker of mine has a lemon tree, so it's fresh squeezed lemon juice from her tree. Delightful. Ooh. And uh, the whiskey, you guys may ask, friend of the show, <laughs> Howlerhead. <laughs> banana monkey spear whiskey and do you know what it's fucking delicious is it really I'll say it. Uh, it is so good i i can't even tell you it makes a wonderful old-fashioned it's nice just on the rocks by itself this whiskey sour is delectable not even just saying it howlerhead whiskey sponsor the show <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited to try it now it is it is the best mma whiskey and I, I will say it's better than Proper 12. It's definitely better than Puncher's Chance or the fucking Josh Barnett one. Okay. No, no shots at those guys, but it's very good. Nice. How does it compare on the uh, just the whiskey hierarchy? I mean, it's a, it's a $20 flavored whiskey. Okay. Right? As $20 flavored whiskeys go, it's, it's like S plus tier, right? It's real good. Okay. But if you don't like a flavored whiskey, it's not for you. Nice. And how strong's the banana, if you mind me asking? I was concerned that it's present. Little... The banana's okay. present, but not in a bad way. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's exciting to know. Mm-hmm. You know where I first learned that Howler Head was a thing? UFC 270? It was a UFC 270. <laughs> <laughs> is that because they gave us free t-shirts i didn't take one. Oh, you didn't no i didn't know what it was oh, oh I, okay. I de- we definitely did yeah <laughs> yeah that was a beeline the first thing ryan and i went to and then like, i went back oh, and got one for my brother <laughs> this is a this is actually a, an above average quality shirt yep yeah. uh, that's funny yeah, and it is. You're right. It's not the cheapy handout one either. It's it's a good shirt. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And you know what? It makes a wonderful whiskey sour. <laughs> what are you using for the sour? Fresh squeezed lemon juice and just like a dash of lime that I had in my fridge. Really? That's it? Yep. You're, not, you're not doing anything else? What else would you do? I don't know. What a a traditional whiskey sour is probably equal parts whiskey and lemon. Mine is maybe slightly heavier on the lemon. Uh, a dash of lime, I believe, but not always, and an egg white, which I did crack an egg and do an egg white. You emulsify it, shake it over ice. I pour it over a couple of nice big uh, cubes and pull the rind off. It's fantastic. 
man, I can't wait till you open a bar. I, you know what? <laughs> it's, it's maybe the greatest failure of my life that I don't have one already. I will attend the grand opening of the dome. Yeah, you will. And you know what? I'll give you 5% off, dude, for life. Thanks. 5%. (laughs) (laughs) So if something costs $10, it will cost you (laughs) $9.50. Yeah. Hey, (laughs) hey, that adds up over time. Okay. It does. Yeah. 50 cents at a time. Yeah. Ryan can drink for free. (laughs) <laughs> you five percent off yeah for life uh, though right for life i feel like george weasley asking his brothers for a discount of their <laughs> how much for me uh, 10 galleons but i'm your brother <laughs> what do they say gallons. 20 20, 20 gallons. Gallons, yeah <laughs> Uh, can I can I comment on 270? Because let's be real, nobody cares about the fight week last or fight night last week. Um, <laughs> although I'm a little surprised Hermanson lost. I am too, but yeah, ahead. yeah. Controversial decision. Do I have that right? I, I did not watch. Not controversial. No, mm. controversial in the one judge giving three rounds to two for Hermanson. Oh, yeah. got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I kind of think 270. Um, fantastic event, right? All around. But I kind of think that 270 is going to set a weird tone for the year for for the UFC, for the big numbered cards. Um, I say that on two fronts. I, I think we've bought ourselves at least six more months of, of uh, Baby Assassin and God of War, who, you know, he, again, he thinks he created that moniker, um, <laughs> which I guess is fine except that I do feel that they're pretty evenly matched and they could run a simulator of that a thousand times. And it's going to be like 48, 48, 2% draws or something, 4% draws, whatever. Um, but you guys, I, I think we were there for Francis and Ghana's last UFC fight. And do you know what? I think the UFC is better off without him. And that is, that is my hot take for the day. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for the reaction eyes. Yeah, that's what I think. Really? Just keep this train moving. Yep, change change my go, mind, you know. Let's change go my mind. Stipe and John Jones for yep. the interim belt. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm 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 good with that, to be quite honest. If uh if what we saw uh, at 270, which was Francis developing a ground game, a terrifying and, ground game. A terrifying ground game, but just losing maybe a little bit of that excitement factor because he's just going to lay down on people and try to Brock Lesnar them. But let's be honest, maybe not as effective. I'm okay with that. Okay. Yes. Does he fight Tommy Fury and end his boxing career as well? Tommy or Tyson? Sorry, Tyson. (laughs) I mean, he could definitely probably be Tommy Fury. Yeah, he for sure beat Tommy. Um, listen, torn, torn MCL, PCL, ACL, whatever they say he tore, and I'm not saying they're lying, um, aside, he is way too heavy on his feet to deal with a guy like Tyson Fury. Mm-hmm. That's been evident in every single professional fight he's had. It's because he didn't grow up fighting. And even if he did, he's so fucking huge. And Tyson Fury's bigger than him, which is a weird thing to think about, kind of by a lot. So... <laughs> 
he's got a strong five inches on him. And didn't we uh, in height, didn't we look at the reach? Isn't that pretty aggressive too? Mm-hmm. Um, a couple inches. Obviously I don't want to do this. You know, he can't beat Tyson Fury in a boxing match. That's ridiculous, but do it, get your money. I don't care. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's it for him. Unfortunately, we're never going to get John Jones Francis, which is a shame. And I think I think he kind of leaves the UFC as almost like a Barry Sanders in the NFL, almost like a like a a guy who played but not for that long and and kind of we didn't see that much of him, right? He was a a, a ship passing in the night or something and I'm pretty he, sure Barry Sanders played for over 10 years. But if you, I don't know, how many NFL games do you have to play to equal like a fight, you know? Um, I had no idea. This is a terrible comparison. I was thinking about Deion Sanders myself. Barry Sanders played 10 seasons with the Lions and then sort of abruptly retired. Yeah, Um, he was like one of the first to retire before just like fading away. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's not a good comparison because Francis is not retiring, but... hmm. It's it is in the sense that he's probably leaving the top tier competition, right? Heavyweights in every other promotion, you got maybe one or two, and they're likely retreads from the UFC. Mm -hmm. So you, I mean, yeah, he's probably done. Yeah, let him box and go to PFL. Box, lose. Oh, can you PFL, imagine him in PFL? What? Destroy <laughs> everyone. And then him and Kayla fight each other. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Kayla's not a massive underdog in that fight. <laughs> I, I would I, say she has a superior ground game. <laughs> yeah. I think that the setup you guys played out with uh, Stipe and Jones for the interim, Cyril first uh, will fight. If Cyril can win his next fight. Uh, yeah, which he'll probably face Tuavasa if Tuavasa beats Lewis on weekend. Oh, I'm excited to talk about that fight in a little yeah. bit. I'm excited to talk about this picture of Derek Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and Shaq. <laughs> he looks like a child. <laughs> Woo. So, okay. <laughs> when is this? Uh, you know what? Let me bring up the Twitter because Ryan called exactly what Derek Lewis said <laughs> in the tweet. I uh, that that picture is is breaking my mind. I don't even know. <laughs> I look 20, like a little kid. Twenty fourteen. Okay, so Derek Lewis is a full grown man. What? Wow! In the actual fuck. Isn't that horrifying just to put it in perspective how large Shaquille O'Neal is? I mean, he was definitely younger and trimmer. Because I was about to say, like, he looks looks spelt. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) You guys know my Shaq story, right? No. So I I went to his, he has a chicken sandwich restaurant in Vegas near uh, UNLV. And my wife and I were there in the summertime as, as we typically are and uh so we go there we walk in the chef is at the door and he's he's like greeting people 
when he's telling us about the menu, I'm like, this is very cool. I'm into this. I love Shaquille O'Neal, huge Laker fan. I love Shaq. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and the big chicken himself is right there. And what? he he motions. I swear it was like on TV. He motions, <laughs> and sure as shit, there is Shaquille O'Neal with his wife or girlfriend, whoever she is, and they're just eating lunch. <laughs> so at that point, at that point, I elbow the chef to get past him because I don't care about him anymore. I need to talk to Shaq. I ask him, I do the whole th- the whole. I was I was not that proud of myself. I do the whole thing. I'm like, hey, after you're done eating lunch. I got to get a picture with you. I've been watching you since I was 12, right? He goes, yeah, no problem. So he, so I get in line. There's probably eight or nine people in line in front of me. He pays for everyone's lunch with cash. I watched him do it. He whipped out a wad of hundreds and paid for everyone's lunch. Tight move. Love it. He finishes. I go up to him. My wife comes with me to, to take the picture. And I'm talking to him. I'm like, listen, man, I just want you to know, like my whole family, like you had a huge impact on us, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, that's awesome, man. He goes, is this your wife? I literally go, yeah, who cares about her? <laughs> and I keep talking to him. It's totally cool. Everyone else wants a picture with him. He couldn't have been cooler. Takes picture with everyone. Then he stood up. Okay. <laughs> now you guys know I'm six foot four. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Brian, you're pretty tall too. Ryan, I think might even be a little taller than me. Me? No. No? Okay. <laughs> We're close, though. We're Very, close. Yeah. I'm the tiny one. Yeah, you are. <laughs> no, no. Shaq makes everyone look like a little kid. Mm-hmm. And I'm not Derek Lewis. Okay? <laughs> so I, we, I take the picture with him. I send it to my dad, who goes, that's a cool wax figure of Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> and I'm like, no, man. I'm at his chicken restaurant. That's the real Shaq. He's like, no, it's not. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yes, it is. So to this day, I, I, and that was 2019. I still don't know if my dad believes me that it was actually him. <laughs> wow. Anyway, that's my Shaq story. And he, it doesn't even make sense how big he is. It does. And so seeing him next to Derek Lewis is such a cool, like for scale, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, Derek for, Lewis, not for, a small guy. No, for ad- additional reference, uh, Derek Lewis listed at six foot three. Yeah, UFC has him at two hundred and eighty pounds, which is hilarious because he fights at two sixty five. Yeah, but you know, we know he cuts. <laughs> but yeah, six foot three. So a foot difference. Shaq probably has at least a hundred pounds on him. No, maybe not a hundred pounds. Three hundred eighty pounds. No, no, Shaq is not. Shaq is, Shaq is a comfortable three fifty. Okay, and he's not fat. He's just massive. Three hundred fifty pounds. Of yes, solid titan. Yep, he's a titan. Yep. There's different classes of people, and he's in one, and the rest of us are in another. Hey, speaking of that class of people, though, March twenty second, the heaviest boxing match in history is occurring eddie hall versus half thor bjornson oh, fighting. oh <laughs> okay. lord whatever <laughs> you don't want to watch the mountain fight of boulder no i sure don't and i'm actually a fan of both of those guys but no okay <laughs> now does eddie hall get to roll up into a ball and roll downhill at him because i will certainly watch that <laughs> you mean like the kid from hook the fat one that yes <laughs> yes that is what i mean yes that is that is actually exactly what I mean. <laughs> oh man, Hook. 
hooks the reference we're bringing out today. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> oh, shit, fellas. Uh, well, now that we're halfway through the episode, welcome to the Pretty Neat Podcast. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts. My name is Aaron. Who's going to introduce himself next? I am Curtis Blades. <laughs> <laughs> and my name is John Dobson. <laughs> yeah, yeah that makes perfect sense <laughs> well here on the pretty neat podcast we're going to talk about mma because we think it's pretty neat i uh i watched a couple of bits about ufc 271 coming up here um Derek lewis was asked if he would ever do a shoey from one of his own shoes and he said no because it would taste like cheese. Mm-hmm. A, that's disgusting. B, Tai Tuivasa bought him a glass shoe so that he could take a shoey with him. Hell yeah! <laughs> so okay. I'm I'm really into Derek Lewis and Tai Tuivasa's friendship <laughs> that's really developing through their press <laughs> pressers, <laughs> and I'm really starting to like it. <laughs> What's the over under on total seconds this fight lasts? Oh, oh good call. I don't good know. Good call, but I mean, Taitu Uvasa, he goes for the leg strikes. So, yeah. Derek's pretty, I'm not going to say timid, but he's definitely a counter striker of late. He's waiting for somebody to come in and he's going to hit on them. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, though. Taitu Uvasa openly said he was drunk when he got the call and accepted this fight and didn't have a chance to think about it, just said, yep, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. and man. And, and number 11 versus number three is a, I mean, he's taking a jump, right? Cause yeah, big ass Jason street. This is the best fighter he's ever fought, right? Oh yeah. I would say so. At least in terms of best, most likely to beat him. Maybe not skill-wise, right? Like, I think he maybe has fought some better skill-wise fighters. But that doesn't mean he'd be less likely to win. I think I think Derek's going to knock him the fuck out. You think Fast. so? I do? do. I do. I think Derek is is a, has too much experience in this one. I don't think that Ty's not going to catch him as clean as Derek is going to catch Ty. That's my opinion. The striking differential, though. I mean, Taitu Avasa throws more. Yes, he does absorb more, but the differential is is over one in his favor. Where Derek Lewis is like he 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 lands as much as he takes, mm-hmm. and Derek, I don't think he's going to go for a takedown. If I'm being totally honest, no, no. Did you just say fight- you don't think Derek Lewis is going to go for a takedown? No, I don't think so. You sure you want to go out on that limb? I do. Okay. <laughs> I mean, well, it is. It's a risky proposition. That how I'm many takedowns does he have in his entire career? Well, <laughs> if you look at his advanced stats, he's got I, that's a. That's an honest question. Am I off on this? Oh, he's okay. got a. Right. He's got okay. a. He's got a half takedown average per fifteen minutes. So Fair. every two fights, he gets one takedown. Okay. If he goes the distance, and he's at his accuracy is one out of four, one out of every four takedowns he gets it. Now, of course, we're talking about UFC metrics and the whole success of what is a takedown and what is not a little loosey-goosey but you know yeah one out of four and he gets one every two fights did he get one last fight no he did not 
No. So we're due. He didn't for get one. anything last night. <laughs> well, he might, and and here's the thing though, like Devin or De- uh, Derek might get hit more, but he gets tired and then gets finished. He doesn't really get knocked out per se. So, like, I don't think ties can um, last that long. I, you, I just, you I think, think that Cyril gone beat him in a war of attrition? Well, no, but <laughs> he just couldn't find it. Yeah. Well, okay. he also talked about fighting in Houston, which they're fighting in Houston again, feeling that extra pressure, hometown crowd. And then also he made mention that it was the anniversary when he got released from jail. So not having ever been in jail, I, I would assume that's probably a, a pretty big occasion. I remember it every year, and that's yeah. not a joke. Granted, I was there for nine hours, but that's not the point. <laughs> I remember the day every year. Well, that's a good reason that I think Derek will come back well in this one. I think that that pressure's gone, and now he's at home without the pressure. I think he's just home. I think he's going to put on a showcase, and uh, I think he might even do a shoey. Although Ty said... That if uh, he knocks out Derek Lewis, and for whatever reason, Derek wakes up and gives him his cup, that he will do a cuppy. And that is atrocious. And uh... <laughs> would you rather would you rather do a shoey as opposed to a cuppy? Yes. Yes. Well, the, the cup is is like <sighs> sheathed. But you're still probably getting some of that that sweet, sweet ball sweat like soaked into the cup. Some. Have you seen <laughs> Derek Lewis? All right. Maybe it's a pretty significant amount. Yeah. You can't it, even it, wait to take it, it off. Is, the <laughs> his balls is hot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it is plastic. I mean, I don't know. Shoes, fabric, it soaks in. Uh. Yeah, I get what you're saying with the plastic thing. I am taking the shoe all day. <laughs> what if Derek yeah. comes out and subs to Ivasa? <laughs> that would be cool. That would be cool. I'll give him that. I am not the biggest Derek Lewis fan. And this whole, like, I'll do a cuppy thing is, like, very 2005 ish right like mm-hmm. but but it's fine it's fine get get people paying attention or or whatever right whatever mm-hmm. looking forward to the fight though yeah it's gonna be a good one i'm uh i'm very seriously considering doing the drive three hours just to go to the fan experience outside since it's free to the public i'd go oh, yeah. I'd, I'd go do that again and photograph with some fighters that was neat it was pretty it was, neat. It was really neat. I could Friends tell. of the show. Friends of the show, Mike Chiesa, Uriah Hall. Yes. Shout out, Cheeto. You're all listening. Technically, Wait. Brian Ortega. Yeah, Brian Ortega. <laughs> we were mere feet from Juliana Pena. Yeah, the goat bantamweight woman of all time. <laughs> yeah, she walked right by us. <laughs> yep, that was amazing. Yep. Justin Gaethje was present. <laughs> what do they call him? The highlight? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a really good time. It was a good time. We're going to do that many, many more times. 
I didn't know Jared Cadenier fought in the UFC at now, heavyweight. Now, didn't this fight get pulled off the 270 card? Weren't we supposed to see this? We yes. were supposed to see this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am so sad that we didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no idea Cannoneer used to fight at heavyweight. Yeah, heavyweight, light heavyweight, now mm-hmm. into middleweight. And wow. Derek, Derek used to fight at 205. Wow. Is yeah. this uh, next up for, for Stylebender, probably? You'd have to see if it's if it if it ends in dramatic fashion, right? If it's a pretty if it's a pretty significant finish, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yes, you got you know the psychopath Sean Strickland out there, who he did win and he did beat a, a top five guy or yeah. top six guy. Yeah, uh, obviously he didn't win in epic fashion or, or very dominant fashion, I should say, but. He's he's a new person, right? New blood in that top five where Derek's already been beat by Izzy. He hasn't fought Jared, so you would assume if Jared beat Derek Brunson, he's up next. Mm-hmm. But who knows? It, it really depends on how, how exciting this fight is. Mm, that's a fair point. Are you guys up on Embedded this week? I watched hey. the first two. Okay. I watched, I watched the first three. It was either the first or the second one where Stylebender is, he's actually, I think he's at uh, uh, Derek Lewis's gym that he trains at. And he's mm-hmm. saying, hey, uh, Jan Blahovich showed the the method to beat me, right? Take me down. And and I kind of liked that he was just like, yeah, that's what they're saying, right? That's the way, that's the way you beat me, isn't it? And and I he's a guy that I, for some reason, I want to say like, someone can beat him i i don't know maybe robert whitaker we'll see but i i love that bit of confidence because he's not as big as jared cannonier he's not as big as Derek runs he's not even as big as whitaker but that's not really the point all those guys are smaller than blahovich right so um he keeps stabbing keeps saying he wants to lap the division so you figure he's he's happy to take either of these guys i guess mm-hmm. maybe what this fight then the next fight and then he fights the guy who knocked him out he just he just signed a, a multi-year or multi-fight deal with the UFC, like literally today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll fight Cannoneer. I think they'll give Pajeda to Strickland. You think so? He's not th- even is he even no. in the top 15? Fuck no. no. But they're no. Gonna, maybe not Strickland, but maybe Kelvin Gaslam or Uriah Hall. Darren Till, maybe. Yeah, someone they're gonna put him. They got to put him up higher. I think he has a fight scheduled right now. Um, but if they really want him to fight Izzy in the next three years, like he's he's got to get get in. But then again, they'll just do it if it's exciting and he's got a name. <sighs> yeah. I mean, he's a pretty devastating striker. It's fun to watch. Yeah. Could you imagine if Strickland just somehow like rode the the tail up and wound up fighting izzy and just fucking knocked him out (laughs) sean strickland becomes the middleweight champion of the world (laughs) that's insane this dude up and up and up and leading up to the fight against uh he's nuts hermanson hermanson he said hey if we were both in prison i could probably rape you oh wow he said i'm just saying like not that i'm gonna do it but i could probably take you okay he's fucking nuts next level mental games right there so (laughs) so 
we talked about this a couple weeks ago. We were talking about John Jones, how he has a hole in his heart that money and cars can't fix. Right. Michael Jordan had that Kobe Bryant, Tom Brady, some of these guys that just have a darkness that all the titles, all the money, all the accolades cannot fix. That's a guy who has that darkness because that's, that's, that's fucking wild. And I'm here for it. I'm not, I don't know much about Sean Strickland, but I'm, I'm all for it. He, he was, uh, he was one of the main training partners for, uh, Michael Bisping back in the day when he was training out of, uh, uh, okay. The boxing gym. So okay. he was he was training with him quite a bit, and he had some things to say. Right, more notably that he was a little off. Um, and this he just you're con- saying said that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and Strickland just continues to prove that over and over and over again. He now lives in Vegas and he trains out of a uh, one of the gyms in Vegas primarily, but he just continues to say the wackiest shit imaginable mm-hmm. post-fight conference he said he would he's a company man he would suck dana white's dick literally <laughs> sounds like something i would say <laughs> literally said i'm a company man i would i would suck dana white's dick if i had to okay so we're gonna have the first openly gay middleweight champion coming up pretty soon <laughs> he's he wants to rape his opponents and suck his boss's dick yeah there's Let's, there's a theme there's a theme here <laughs> um, <laughs> Sean Thickland. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know what though? He I watched an interview with him at one point where he was talking about if there was no UFC or MMA, he would just be in jail because it's where he'd be allowed to fight people. Like he wants to hurt you. He talks about how getting in the octagon is his opportunity to take joy in causing someone else's pain. I want to see him fight Kevin Holland. <laughs> they do both yammer. That would be yeah. a good middle leap. That'd be a good fight actually. No, I mean I I don't I just want to I just want to watch them yell at each other. Okay. They don't even actually have to punch. <laughs> I'd still be into that. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. There's Kelvin Gastelum Jr. not brought <laughs> <laughs> Who's fighting Bobby Green, by the way? Um, who? Hey, really quick. Who gets more content out of these fucking pictures than we do? <laughs> Find me the podcast. Literally nobody. Nobody. <laughs> I don't even remember the deep fake guy's names. And look, did he have a fucking double mastectomy? What's going on with his nipples? <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's <laughs> what the fuck? Shout outs to my double mastectomy girls out there. No, no shots, but good Lord. That's actually, uh, I read about that. That's one of the... Uh, side effects of doing roids oh i was gonna say a staph infection <laughs> <laughs> wow okay yeah why is it zoomed in right there what the fuck is that nasrat hawk strong name strong name mm-hmm. does he have a nickname he does not he literally looks like kelvin gasm's brother it's weird isn't it yeah and he's german Okay, well, he's not, right? He's not German. <laughs> but he may maybe live in he, Germany. Maybe he's been there, but he's not <laughs> from there. Nasrat Hakparast isn't a German name? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like Bobby Green, though. Be a good fight. Bobby Green. Is that really... the Statue of Liberty on his chest? Yeah. Yes. It's And it's crying. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's weeping for America. Bobby Didn't King we just Green. recently see Kyler Phillips looking at that next fight and Marcelo Rojo? Or was that fight also on the 270 card and got moved? I don't think it was. 
No, I don't recall this. I only remember that Kyler Phillips was coming up. Huh. Okay. Both of those names sound so familiar. This is gonna this whole card is gonna be Marcelo Rojo apparently has a zero inch reach. That's a fun <laughs> typo. And a zero inch leg reach. He's all torso. <laughs> What's crazy is he's actually not. If anything, he's all neck. <laughs> what would he, what martial art would you be? Like, I have a black belt, black belt in roly poly. <laughs> like, I have a black belt in sandbag. <laughs> it's not crazy. He would just be one of those like punching bags that's weighted at the bottom with no arms. Yeah, I could be making fun of the fighter that actually has missing limbs, but I'm not, okay? I'm playing it safe. That's right. <laughs> I'm playing it safe. Before we look at the main event, though, we should look at some of these prelims because hey. our boy from Hemet is getting a big name. And, Friend of the show, kind of. Uh, yeah, Jared Vandera, who wouldn't return our calls, is fighting Arlovsky. But hey, Roxanne is retiring. Hoxanne Modafari. Hoxanne Modafari is retiring after 50 MMA fights. Good for her. The happy warrior is going out on her shield, regardless of whether she wins. I believe she's got a good chance, but yep. Hey, I like the happy warrior. I've certainly enjoyed watching her entire career and um, I'll miss her. We need a send off. We just, need a send off thing. I, you mean like a Phoenix song? Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Like when somebody retires, like a like I used to listen to a local LA talk radio show uh, mm-hmm. that's been going on forever, a sports talk radio. And whenever anyone would die, they would say, "Hail fellow well met." And <laughs> we need we need something like that. I'll work on it. I'll let you guys know. Yeah. Let me know when you have something because I'll mm-hmm. make a, I'll make some audio for it. <laughs> we could even offer up like premature ones or something, or send it like Tom Brady's way or whatever. <laughs> Uh, yeah, a ranked fight on a couple of ranked fights on the prelims. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Matt Schnell's fun. William yeah. Knight, always entertaining to watch. Um, and then uh, where is he? And Adam Moicano's good. And he's fighting Alex Hernandez mm-hmm. on the early prelims. Yeah. Alex Hernandez headlined with Cerrone at one point. Yep. That's right. I think oh. while we were doing this show, right? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And that's that's a good collection of fights. But I am getting tattooed on Saturday, and I'm hoping to be able to watch some of the early prelims while that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can get home for the, the main prelims and the, the main card. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to – we'll be here. I'll be watching, I'm pretty sure. Don't think I'm going to have any plans. But uh, <laughs> this fight – a rematch if you didn't know <laughs> I, I had heard between israel the last style bender adesanya and robert knuckles <laughs> is that no that's not his nickname it's the it's reaper the, it's yeah. the reaper but i really robert like was downloading skyrim mods during embedded <laughs> whitaker with his dad which is like robert odd. whitaker I, I just want to know more about you dude I do he looked too. genuinely happy. Like, yeah, yeah this is, yeah. I love doing this. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
That was that was pretty funny to watch. It made me want to play Skyrim. Do you have nine hundred hours? No. Because if you don't, then <laughs> abandon all hope. I don't. <laughs> I th- what do you guys think of the? I think it's repeat. What do you What do you got? What do you got? I mean, I know we should be making picks, and we'll are we not doing that today? We should make picks, but I don't. We I could have, skip it. I have to. We we all got clean the fuck out for two seventy. So <laughs> literally, I believe every single one wrong, if I'm not mistaken. You you would be correct, actually. Yeah. So maybe we're gonna take Thanks a, a break. lot, Trevin Giles. We're gonna t- <laughs> take Smooth a brief hiatus. Trevin Giles. <laughs> and you know what? I need to revamp the Rift Drive Kings anyway. That's good. That's be. fine. That this is a fine card to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am really really curious to hear Ryan's take on this fight. I am too. As I pour myself the end of my Howlerhead bottle, uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, you guys invest the twenty bucks. It's worth it. Yeah, I've been going back and forth on this one. Uh, I I thought you went on Howlerhead. I'm like, no. I'm, yeah, I've been going just back and forth on Howlerhead. Just, just you know, I'm, yeah. I'm one foot in, one foot That's out. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in regards to this fight, I, I like both fighters, to be quite honest. Um, the two episodes of Embedded that I have watched have kind of endeared me more to Robert Whittaker. Yep. Uh, just with his, like, his joy, his candor in terms of, like, understanding where his mental state was on the first fight like he thought i'm the man i'm going to show this guy what's up recognize that there may have been a a difference in skill when it comes to striking and now he's probably going to come with a totally different revamped game plan of course that's easy to say because if you try to strike with israel Mm -hmm. unless you're like the one percent you're you're gonna get beat you're gonna get picked apart be so very careful so Legitimate care. He has a seven and a half reach disadvantage uh, via the arms. Um, So that's terrifying. He's also four inches shorter. He's also four inches shorter. He's not as explosive as Izzy is. Um, He's not going to be the guy to beat you to the punch. He's going to have to use a solid game plan to get in and close the distance. And I really think that his key to success is, you know, to Izzy's point, taking him down, uh, but not necessarily just holding him to the ground. So he's going to use some combinations of feints and faking takedowns to maybe go for like some overhands or hooks. Uh, if he wins, it's going to be via decision. Um, and then Israel, because everybody is now more cautious with him when it comes to striking. I think that more often as, than not, as well, they should be. Yeah, as well, they should be. But more often than not now, I think most of the sites are going to go to decision on somebody's, unless somebody throws caution to the wind. The thing I like the most about the first two episodes embedded that I watched for him, the fact that his striking coach, right, is also the teacher at City Kickboxing. And he said he really likes that because the kids are way more creative and he likes to mimic them and pick up on their like thought of striking and thinking outside the box. So it's just really a testament to his commitment to always improving and not being so caught up in the fact that he's this dominant striker. He's always looking for ways to improve and, and create those 
new angles, things that people haven't seen before. You're talking about Stylebender? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's it's very impressive. So that I like that the most about him. I just things that I hear about his last couple of fights, him being bored and kind of just going through the motions and still winning because he's just better than everybody by a pretty wide margin. That concerns me a little bit that he may not be as super hyper focused coming into this fight where I think Robert Whitaker knows that he has to have a bounce back performance. Um, otherwise he's going to get trapped in that gatekeeper status, right? Top five perennial top five, but not going to be the champion again until Israel maybe moves to another division. So ultimately my initial thought, my gut thought is, is Whitaker gets a decision on Izzy. Um, I think he's going to have a better game plan. I think the fact that he's way more thoughtful about his approach and he's looking at it as just another day in the office, as opposed to redemption or revenge, um, taking that emotion out of it is going to allow him to be better at making decisions. And I think he's going to find a way to win. I am going to have a hard time disagreeing with almost everything you just said to be totally straightforward. I, I have said many times on this show, I think, and I told one of my students today that who, who didn't ask, by the way, um, that, that I think that Whitaker is probably the only guy on the roster right now who can beat him. I, I think P- Pieda. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Is, is kind of a wild card that very well could have been a fluke. Um, mm-hmm. but I think Whitaker is the guy who has the tools I want to take nothing away from Stylebender. I have been victim or, or been trapped by that so many times of like overlooking someone or saying this person isn't as good as everything says they are. Stylebender has every tool, right? His ground game is weak, but he doesn't need it, which is weird because in today's UFC, you would you would never say you don't need a ground game, but he kind of doesn't. Um, and the only time we've seen that be a problem is with a guy who is much bigger than him and Whitaker is not much bigger than him. And in fact, everybody you hear who has been around him, him being stylebender, like they, the thing they, the first thing they say is like, he's way bigger than you think he is in person. Um, having said all of that, I do think there is a path to victory for Robert Whitaker here. Kind of like you said, Ryan, he's got to muck it up. He's got to keep it close, keep him pinned. Um, it's, it's honestly, it's not even too dissimilar to Francis and Cyril. Whereas if it's just a striking match, Francis has no chance against Cyril Gon, who is a very advanced striker and kickboxer. Robert Whitaker is not the striker or kickboxer that Stylebender is, but maybe you just take that away from him or, or you do your very best to. And obviously like if we know that, certainly Robert Whitaker's coaches know that and doing it, saying it is one thing, doing it's another, but I don't think it's totally crazy to say that he could Stylebender cuts no weight and Whitaker will cut some and he'll probably get into the, the cage. What? Seven, eight, nine, ten 10 pounds heavier than Stylebender is. So you could use that to your advantage. You can close that distance. Don't let him just punch you. I don't think he looked bored against uh, Paulo Costa Stylebender. I think he, he really had something to prove. I don't even think he looked bored against Vittori. I think he just sort of, Hey, these guys can't, they cannot compete with me. And we know those two guys can't. I think Robert Whitaker can, and I'm really interested to see. I don't know who I would pick. Um, what is it? Two minus two ninety. Do you see it? 
I want to say it's minus 290. Stylebender's a minus 290 favorite. 280. Okay. Um, I don't know. I think it's a it's a hundred dollar flyer on Robert Whitaker if I'm at a sports book, just to see what happens. Yeah. What do you think, Aaron? Man, I want to see you guys. I want to see him close the distance. Uh, whether he's explosive enough, I don't know. I really want to see how he's going to do after spending a lot of his camp training with the Australian rugby team. Which, I mean, if he's going to be picking Izzy up and throwing him to the ground, which is how he's got to beat him, a rugby team is a great way to fucking train. So I hope that that might come into play. Um, maybe that helped him with his speed. Um, I just can't tell if his playing Skyrim with his dad is a sign of comfort or a sign of, of, confidence, of confidence or cockiness. You know, I just, I don't know. I don't think it's arrogance. I think he learned a lot. And I think he has a very comfortable game plan because he's a professional athlete and he's ready to get in there and he wants to play Skyrim with his dad. Israel Adesanya, though, like Ryan was saying, I don't think that he's bored, but maybe he described Robert, he described himself when he was describing beating Robert Whitaker the first time when he was saying Robert Whitaker came through division and beat everyone until he hit me. Like I stopped that shit. Like, uh, well, maybe let's, let's do Let's run it back. Now there's a rematch. We haven't had a rematch in there yet with Israel. And uh, we haven't seen how. Oh, good point. I didn't think about that. We haven't seen how he learns. Meanwhile, fucking Whitaker beat Yoel Romero three fucking times. So we know he can face like aggressive, like scary people. To me, the winner of this fight is Israel's jab. And and I think that his jab is gonna keep Robert Whitaker away no matter what he tries. And uh three to four rounds in, Whitaker Bobby Knuckles is just gonna get dizzy. Bobby Knuckles. Yeah, I think he's just gonna get dizzy from all the jabs, but if he put in that work, man, and he is the athlete that he says he is, and even at Israel Adesanya says Robert Whitaker is, uh, Israel better show up. But on Embedded, I watched Israel Adesanya train, and I watched Robert Whitaker download mods for Skyrim. So I don't yeah. know. I really don't. <laughs> it, it's quite the juxtaposition of like the champion and the challenger. Usually it's the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. The, the champion's like you know, relaxing, just uh, mentally preparing, yeah. and the challengers. <laughs> Wasn't Stipe playing video games? <laughs> that son of a bitch. See? We love you, Stipe. Never change. Never change. Um, you know, the, the thing with Stylebender, it, it will be interesting to see how he handles the rematch. On paper, it seems like facing him a second time would be an advantage to the challenger, I guess, because you, you've kind of... And I think it was Whitaker's camp. They were saying there's no way to simulate what he does because mm-hmm. uh, he's kind of the only one that exists. He's a glitch, right? He's he's not supposed to exist in the game. Um, Referring to Adesanya? Yeah, yeah. It, no, I made the glitch reference on top of the... They didn't say that. That's my, like... my He's... Adesanya is a Skyrim mod, right? Yeah. There's yeah. no other middleweight like him. There's no other really fighter like him with that weird combo of length and speed, but 
he only weighs 185 pounds and everybody else like him is a light heavyweight. Like it's a weird, he's a weird combo. He's like Kevin Durant, the basketball player. It's like, <laughs> what do you, what do you do with that? He's seven one, but he plays like a small forward that, that doesn't, the math doesn't add up there. Um, truly, I'm not even trying to be funny. That that's just what it is. And so I think facing him a couple times, maybe you, maybe you, get a little more comfortable or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe his style is such that you can't get comfortable with him. Um, I'm not worried about Whitaker's preparation. I'm not worried about Stabender's preparation. Uh, I don't know. It's a tough one. (laughs) It's a tough one. It's a, it's certainly a better story if Whitaker wins. Right. Cause it sets up nine months of Stylebender getting the belt back. Yeah, it does. That what a another great trilogy. And, and there's I, all uh-huh. there's also the possibility he just completely outclasses him. Whitaker can't get close because of the jab, and Starbender kicks his head off. It's it's completely possible. Or Whitaker wrestles him to the ground. But I, this is what I was gonna say. I'm sorry. You remember who Stylebender was going at before the Yan fight? John Jones. John Jones. Mm-hmm. He oh I I'll, I'll he went on Joe Rogan's podcast and talked about beating John Jones and all this shit which mm-hmm. looks silly now but we haven't heard a peep of that since he lost to Jan because everyone knows everything that Jan does John Jones is better at everything mm-hmm. so John would literally ragdoll Stylebender and so Stylebender stopped talking about it and now he's just saying well I'm just going to laugh this division the fight we all want involves Stylebender but it's not against Robert Whittaker. You guys know. Come on, don't make me say it. Is it a what weight class? Uh, it is. Well, they'd have to probably meet at middleweight, but it's against a welterweight tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's what we want. Yeah. And I think if I know the three of us, like I think we do, I think we're all picking tomorrow in that fight. Yeah, he would. He would eat him up. <laughs> Yeah, if he can get that, if he can get in, yep. And and oh, I'm sorry. You want to talk ground game with Kamaru Usman? <laughs> let, let me know how that goes for you. Like, and he he can he's a striker, you know, a, a top flight striker in the entire organization. So, yeah, I don't know. That's the fight we all want. We're not getting it for International Fight Week, unfortunately, or maybe we are. But. Dana White, I'll just take a small fee for building that fight for you. You have plenty of time. It's February. They can do it in July. I'll even come to the fight. It's cool. But I don't know. It, it, but all that goes away if Stabender loses, right? I I got really sidetracked there, but you're absolutely right. Uh, do you remember at UFC 270 when we were there? <laughs> I do. Thanks, Ryan. Um, oh, by the way, I have to send Dom. I have to send you money. Um, the guy in the hat and the back brace and the cane walking around on the first You're talking floor. about Kashib Nur- Nurmagomedov? <laughs> no. Real ones, no. Go do you, on. Do you no, I, I don't remember. No. We were looking down and like there was an old guy going in and out. People were taking pictures with him. But yes, like, yes, yeah. yes. That was Don Fry from the... The Beach Boys? Don Fry from the early UFC days. Yeah, you wow! Put, you're gonna have to put the a picture. Beach Boys. What in the <laughs> fuck? Who is the Beach Boys guy? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> but 
he punched someone at UFC 270. Fuck yeah, he did. He sure did. <laughs> On our walk back to the hotel, there was almost a fight. Oh, shit. Do you guys hear it? No. Yeah. Oh, why are we watching that? Yeah, why are we watching that? Yeah, so, oh, uh, you know, I'm thinking of the guy from the Eagles. Uh, Carry Don, on. Don Henley. Don Henley? Um, From the Eagles? Yeah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know shit. So he punched a guy? Yeah. Yep. Somebody started shit with him. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that was Don Fry. I think the... Not the best thing about 270, but Aaron's fucking Hail Mary. Oh, I think that's Mike Tyson call. And sure as shit, it was Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was pretty cool. That wasn't really a Hail Mary, though. Like, it was him. I could tell from far away. Okay. But, like, then there was a bunch of people in the audience that they showed on the screen that we were like, what? Where? Yeah. That's yeah. Bullshit. For sure. <laughs> Captain <laughs> like, Marvel among them and the Reacher like, guy in his arms. Yeah, yeah, Brie Larson yeah. was, and then like, uh, shit, uh, like Dustin Poirier was there, wasn't he there? Yeah, and yeah. we're like, where the hell was he? Like, TJ Dillashaw got the huge boo <laughs> in California too. How fucking hilarious! Literally, isn't he a Huntington Beach guy? Yeah, yeah, and Huntington Beach, who by the way do not give a fuck about anything. They're like, no, fuck you, TJ Dillashaw. It's like, whoa. Why is yeah. he the line, Huntington yeah. Beach? Come on, HB. What's going on here? <laughs> Dwayne Wade among the participants, the Jack uh, Jackass crew. I think mm-hmm. the Nelf boys were there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a fun time. Yeah, we saw some cool people. Yeah. I'm going to... I couldn't believe how much taller than Uriah Hall you guys were. Like, you guys were both a couple inches taller than him. I was. He was just a straight, regular dude. It's weird, huh? Super nice guy. Super nice. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Big time. (laughs) Uh, Michael Chiesa and I have the same hoodie we learned. Mm -hmm. Shout out Roots of Fight. Um, We do have to talk about a friend of the show, Sam Alvey. Yeah. Man. Well, A, come on the show again. We'd love to fucking talk to you. B, holy shit. He like, he clocked Brandon. uh, Was it Brandon Allen who we fought? Um, Yeah. Yeah, uh, he clocked him a couple of times. Yeah, I, I thought he was actually going to get it done in the first couple of minutes there for for a minute, but he got rocked with about a minute and a half left in the first. And after that, man, he sunk in that rear naked choke in the second, and it was it was a clean finish. And uh, I hope he uh, gets some good reflection in and comes on and talks. We're here for him. Hell yeah, we are. Say about these to shit. You know who we're not here for is Jared Vandera. <laughs> a simple no would have been fine, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Would have been um, fine. I've been. got, Aaron, I, I, I hate to tell you, dude, I've got Taito Avasa. Me okay. too. Me I, too. <laughs> I understand that. I understand that. And I see where you're coming from. He's riding a big wave. I, I'm going to be totally honest. It doesn't really have anything to do with that. I don't really like Derek Lewis. That's fine. That's the fine Derek too. Lewis thing just doesn't work for me. So <laughs> it does for me. No, it's I get it. Just it's not not a thing for me. 
I liked when he was asking his makeup artist what brands it was on Embedded. Like, is that L'Oreal? It's <laughs> like, no, it's Mac. He's like, oh, okay, cool. Might have a new yeah, model. yeah. Again, no, no shots of Derek Lewis. I, he's just whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I don't like one trick ponies. Maybe. I see that in you. I, yeah. I don't like guys who in in any sport who just kind of do one thing. I respect it, but I don't like it. And having said that, he's fighting a guy who does one thing. So I'm also not a huge gimmicks guy, and two of us is the biggest gimmick guy. But I'm excited for the fight, and I don't think it means anything for the division. I don't think either of them fights for a title ever. But all of that said. Oh, Derek Lewis has fought for a title twice. No, I'm saying again. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know he has. I'm saying in the future, I don't see two of us getting there, and I don't think Lewis gets back. I think that's that's really fair. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. Yeah, no, I'm not. Not that's that, that's, there. that's that's really fair. Uh, to your point, I was like, well, isn't Tai Tuivasa a one trick pony? Or yeah. are you counting late kicks as a second trick? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Although, never forget, Derek Lewis threw a head kick at zero gone in the first round, so. Yeah, he's done a, a, a jumping, a spinning roundhouse kick as well. So who knows? Those who knows what great. that man's going to do? And they were great kicks. No, they, they weren't. No, yes, they weren't. No, 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 no. no, they weren't. <laughs> it was great the fact that he had the balls to throw it. <laughs> yeah. Hot balls. What, Hot uh, balls. what do you guys make of of the new tough Amanda Nunez, Juliana Pena, and then they're going to fight again at bantamweight. Great. Okay. Yeah. I don't think any of us thought that would happen. Did we? No, no. Yeah. You know, what's crazy. They're, they're doing the heavyweights and women's flyweight. Yes. Really? Yeah. Heavyweights and women's flyweight coached by Juliana Pena and, and former (laughs) champion. (laughs) So you're going to have like 250-pound dudes and 100-pound women. Do we know who's coaching the heavyweights? Well, they're going to have both. Yeah, they should be split, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah they're going to have right. both. Obviously, yeah, that makes sense. Huh. I don't... I don't that begs the question. Have they ever had a co-mingled house, a co-ed house? No, I, I don't think they do. I don't see. I don't seem to recall that off the top. Of my I head. am way more into this coming season of Tough than I was to the last one, um, because I do think the Amanda Pena thing is compelling, and I do kind of want to see if the heavyweight men can remain disciplined enough to not chase around the the women's flyweight. We'll see. Um, I, I, Aaron and I talked about it early on, like these guys are just too disciplined. They don't drink. They like their, their cheat meal was like grilled shrimp and chicken with fucking chimichurri sauce. Like, yeah, that's like what all of us would call a healthy dinner. And they're like, Oh yeah, we're cheating tonight. Like, Oh, okay. Fuck you guys. (laughs) And then there was like the YouTube jujitsu guy. Right. Yeah. And then past that, it was just whatever. But um, I'm into it with these two coaches because I, I think you can you can build a pretty compelling main event on a pay-per-view with those two. And uh mm-hmm. man, I just I just hope Amanda shows up. I, I think the camp change is dangerous. I think running your own gym is dangerous when you're trying to prepare for a title fight like this. All those moving pieces and variables, like 
maybe she has a team in place that can manage all that for her. I hope so, because as we saw, if you are not fully committed to beating Juliana Pena, you're going to get knocked the fuck out or choked. So mm-hmm. I'm interested. I think what premieres in May, so not too far out. Yeah. I'm very much so looking forward to it. It's going to be uh, at least uh, enough to get me back in, especially because, like you said, it's been a while since we've had like a pay-per-view tough finale yeah title fight well volkanovsky and ortega but nobody cared that that was based on tough yeah like that wasn't because of tough right they were just the next two this one has the backstory and uh, amanda was the goat still is yeah just uh on a little skit did you know that low that uh uh Jake Paul has been boxing longer than Cyril Gaon has been doing MMA. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> Training. Speaking, speaking of boxing, have you guys been following the Tyson Fury stuff? No, I just saw that Canelo and Triple G's thing is going to happen after they both what? rematches, though. Or after what? They, yeah, they're, uh, they're next. How did I not see that? If they both win their next fight, then... Oh, so after the... uh... They both have to win their next fight, and then they're going to fight. Yeah, well, so Canelo's fighting Dimitri Bolov at 175 on May 7th. He always fights right around uh, Mm -hmm. Cinco de Mayo, and let's be real, he's going to beat Dimitri Bivol, sorry, not Bolov. And then uh, September 17th, Triple G at... Where does that say? Um... Yeah, Oscar De La Hoya is a fucking moron, whatever. Um, oh, 168 pounds. Okay, so 175 for Dimitri. So Canelo can drop seven pounds. That's no big deal. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Canelo is going to fucking starch Triple G because he has gotten much better, and I think Triple G has gotten worse. That's an interesting fight. Uh, I'm saying Tyson Fury and Dillian White are fighting oh. for whatever title it is that Tyson Fury holds. Um, but there was some sort of weird step aside thing with Anthony Joshua. I only I only like I'm gonna be totally honest. I'm I, I love boxing, right? I haven't hidden that, but um the boxing contracts and the seven different title belts and all that shit, I, I can't stand it. Um, and the biggest names that somehow Eddie Hearn is the biggest boxing promoter on earth, and that guy is a literal fucking moron. <laughs> Having said that, um and while I wouldn't call Oscar De La Hoya more onto his face, I would say it to Eddie Hearn. I don't give a fuck about that. Um, but Tyson Fury and Dillian White are fighting on April 23rd. And uh, Dillian White is not 28-0-2. That's incorrect. Oh, no, no, no. So this website uses losses. So he has 28 wins and two losses and no ties, whereas Tyson Fury has 31 wins and one tie. Because Dillian White did lose to Anthony Joshua. Um, that's really it's a it's an interesting-ish fight. It's more interesting from like a the structure of boxing because Joshua had to step aside because they had a two-fight deal in place, remember? So it looks like Joshua was gonna fight Usyk next. And then the winner of that gets Tyson Fury, assuming Fury beats Dillian White, which I think he will. Um I don't know where that fight is taking place, but it is interesting. You guys have any thoughts on that? It's going to be fun. I like to watch Tyson fight. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, for sure. Uh, 
I was uh I was actually just randomly just got sucked into thinking about the Super Bowl. Mm. Cuz that's happening this weekend, isn't it? Who do you have? Yeah, Sunday. Uh I think the Orlando Magic's going to win in the Got second. it. <laughs> I walked right into that. Ryan, who do you have? Uh I Got the Rams. It's the it's the year of the tiger. Oh, oh no. You're going to take the Really? Oh. Yeah. It's it's it is literally Chinese uh New Year that just yeah, it happened. sure is. And it is quite literally the year of the tiger. Okay. Well, you know they lo- they allowed the most sacks by far in the NFL this year, right? Uh I didn't, but yeah. I believe it. Joe Burrow got sacked 50 plus times. Their offensive line is not good and the and Rams wait, defensive who plays line for the Rams? is quite good. Oh, is that the greatest interior lineman who's ever lived? Ever lived? I mean, yeah. currently in the NFL, yes. No, no, no. Sorry, sir. Aaron Who's Donald. ever lived? Who's ever lived? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and they have Leonard Floyd and fucking, oh, is that Vaughn Miller? Uh-huh, that is Vaughn Miller. Yeah, who got injected with a little 2015. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yes, this is also true. Um, I, I, I'm excited to see to see a, a competitive game. I want it to be competitive. Yeah, I don't want I, it to be I, a blowout. I don't think the Rams are going to blow them out. Um, but if they can do what they've done all playoffs and control with their defense, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. My uh, my mother in law is a big Rams fan since uh, the Chargers abandoned San Diego, so now sure. she's a she's a Rams she's a Rams lady. So she's we know part that of the Ramily. I'm with her. She's she's a she's a Ramican for sure. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so she'll be rooting for them, and we'll be over there. Uh, enjoying the festivities and doing <laughs> squares and prop bets. We always do a, a whole page of prop bets. That's fun. Which is fantastic. Yep. And we always have an argument over how long the national anthem actually was. Is it from when they start speaking to the end of the last word or at the end of when they finish their flourish? So Fair. that's always, that's always fun. Cause the over under, you know, it's Vegas is Vegas for a reason. Their over under is pretty spot on. Yes, it is. Who is singing it this year? I have no fucking idea. Okay. Um, I am actually marginally excited for the halftime show. I am too. Um, <laughs> Snoop Dogg. <laughs> uh, hey, he just bought, he just bought um, the label back. Def Jam? Yep. Or the, Death Row? Death Row. Death Row. He bought Diddy, Death Row okay. back, yeah. So he's Island Def Jam or something. He's like a big wig for them now. And um, that makes sense that he would bring Death Row back. I don't think it's quite as compelling to say how many times are they going to show Kelly Stafford as they are, you know, Giselle Bunchen. But um, Kelly Stafford might actually get into a fist fight with another fan in the stadium. So that'll be fun. Um, you guys don't know this, I don't think, but I grew up kind of like a like a pseudo Green Bay Packers fan because there was no L.A. team and I'm not going to be a Chargers fan. Um, and my dad loved Brett Favre because Brett Favre would do a fifth of Jack and then go play football, which is and, and, you know, six Vicodin and, and go play football, which is great. Um, but he and I, I mean, since the time I was five, would talk about like, hey, if the Rams come back, we're jumping on board. And so they came back and we jumped on board and it's been it's been a fun ride. Um, and so normally, like I'm all for like, let's have a kind of a Super Bowl party, that sort of thing. But because the Rams are in it, I don't want anyone around. And I, I kind of just want to sit on my couch with my dad and drink red wine and watch football. And I couldn't quite figure out how to do that without inviting my mom too. So 
the two of them are coming over and I'm going to put together like a platter of nachos. And then I don't want anyone to talk to me because nice. the Lakers suck. And so do the angels. And this is all I have. So <laughs> just let me have it. You guys, I hear you. Just hey, give it to me. Hey, my, my stepmom is a huge Packers fan. Yes, so she is. You have a, a new place to watch those games. And I still like the Packers. I love Aaron Rodgers. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. I've watched a full season of really shitty Rams football, and then it's been a, a pretty good four or five years since. And uh, we got to get the gold on top of it. So that's all I have to say about that. It's going to be a tough game, and the students on Monday morning, if the Rams lose, are going to have so much more math to do. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. I told them that today, too, because we have block schedules, so I won't see them until Monday. I'm like, you guys better fucking hope. And I, I omitted the fucking part, but. And this kid's like, why? I'm like, there's one other Ram fan is one of the kids in the class. I'm like, he and I are not going to do anything. The rest of you are going to do math if this goes south, just so you know. <laughs> but that's Dude. not fair. Oh, I'm sorry. Who told you life was fair? <laughs> right? We're not only teaching math. We're giving life lessons here. <laughs> <laughs> Some would say that's actually my job, right? Yep, I would. <laughs> i'm not having kids anyway uh, tell the good doctor and your stepmom that i say hi I and will. uh they want to see you me oh, everyone of course they should you know what they should come on the show i would have my dad on the show <laughs> yeah that's right oh well there's one other thing and i'm gonna bring the mood way down right before oh. we have to take off Man, Bob Saget, man. He died so, of head trauma. Such a he, bummer. He fell down sometime earlier, hit his head, and then he went to sleep that night and didn't wake up. Just fell, He just hit his head sometime earlier, didn't think of anything of it. And man, it just reminded me of the sport that we watch and uh, how, uh, how it's only funny when they're doing it on purpose. <laughs> You know what, though? In all honesty, my wife told me about that last night. Um, I, I really don't like when someone dies and then suddenly everyone's like the biggest fan of that person. But I, I did love and still do Bob Saget, who doesn't, right? Yeah. Um, Our generation, you have to. 100%. And because there was like the full house thing, which nobody would admit we watched, but every episode, let's go get off the get off the horse, Michelle. Don't fall off of it. You know what I'm saying? You got it. Um, <laughs> and then, and then you, your memory's lost. And then all of a sudden, like it comes back and they filmed yeah. it with the two of you and all this weird shit. Yeah. Don't act like you guys don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. And so then, and then America's funniest home video, right? Sure. You know, AFE, but then it was like, Oh, you know, Bob Saget, he's actually like a super raunchy comedian and he does like the aristocrats and stuff like <laughs> totally best. for it. That's a, a true loss for, for comedy in general, dirty business, super funny movie. Right. Mm. Um, dirty ish, work. super dirty work. Sorry. Super funny ish. Everyone loves Norm Macdonald. Also rest in peace. Um, <sighs> just a bummer. This sucks. How is it that of those three, Norm Macdonald, Bob Saget, and Artie Lang, Artie Lang, who weighed like 500 pounds and smokes 10 packs of cigarettes a day, is the one who's still alive? <laughs> Just goes to show it's more important to do what you love, not what people tell you is healthy. Until you're about to die, then you do what's healthy, like Artie Lang. Hey, I think we should wrap this episode up, guys. And how how are we going to take it out today? You know what? Just, it's a 
it's a new year. Mm-hmm. We've only maybe done one or two episodes. Maybe mm-hmm. we should uh, bring back the I think you're pretty neat, but I respect your distance award. Okay. How about that? How about I, I Do you I, have one to give out? I do think I do. I wrote one down earlier. Yes. <clears throat> oh, yes. My... Dude, I'm digging the gray in your beard. Can I just say that? No, thanks, dude. I like it. Kind of give me a little bit of a carry on. Yes. Uh I'm I'm gonna award it this week to Tai Tuivasa. Okay. For his thoughtfulness in wanting to engage in camaraderie with Derek Lewis on the shoe. Um what a classy move. Like just to the guy gets in on the joke and plays along with it. I'm not going to do a shoe. It's disgusting. And he gets him a glass shoe so that he can do it anyway. And that is, I respect that distance. <laughs> Tie two of also, we respect your distance. Shoeies 2024. Shoeies 2024. Hey, that is 100% true, but it also doesn't bring them together. It, it, you know what? <laughs> Violence really does bring people together. Yeah, let's get back to it.